Hello everyone, so there are some things that I want to talk about. In the organized crime world, I, I did see it being a complex of highly centralized enterprises set up for the purpose of engaging in illegal activities. Yes, I did witness organized crime organizations engaging offenses such as cargo theft, fraud, robbery, kidnapping for ransom, and the demanding of quote-unquote protection payments. Um, yes, I did witness organized crime syndicates having their principal source of income in quotations for these criminal syndicates of organized crime, which was the supply of goods and services that are illegal, but for which there is continued public demand, such as drugs, prostitution, loan sharking, ursery, and gambling. I want to make it clear that I am for sex workers' rights. There is a difference between sex workers' rights and the organized crime version of sex work. What does that mean? So sex workers' rights means no human rights violations. So that's good. The organized crime version of sex work means all human rights violations, which is bad. And I'm not against ethical gambling. I'm against the organized crime version of gambling. Um, And I do recognize that I don't have any discrimination against drug users and those addicted to drugs. Um, Not all drugs are bad, you know. And um, I I, I understand the difference between um, healthy weed and the organized crime version of weed. So I get all that. Um... Yes, I did witness bootlegging, which is the practice of illegally manufacturing, selling, or transporting liquor, right? Um, And it is true that criminal overlords, from what I saw, did turn to other activities that became even more highly organized, however they warply define it. And yes, it is true in organized crime for what I saw that the usual setup was a hierarchical one with different quote-unquote families or syndicates in charge of operations in many of the major cities. At the head of each family was a boss who had the power of life and death over its members. So those things are sadly real. Um, and t- And from what I saw... Organized crime does get compared to a cartel of legitimate business firms. And yes, I did witness international rings of smugglers, jewel thieves, and drug traffickers. Uh, Yes, I did see the existence of organized crime. And yes, I did see organized crime seeking protection from interference by the police and the courts. Yes, in organized crime, I did witness accordingly that large sums of money 
were being expended by syndicate bosses in an attempt to gain political influence on both local and national levels of government. I saw those things. Yes, in the organized crime world, I did witness, furthermore, profits from various illegal enterprises that have been invested in legitimate businesses. And yes, in organized crime, I did witness, in addition to the illegal activities, principally gambling and narcotics trafficking, which I saw, that there was for the organized crime syndicates, which have been the organized crime syndicates' chief source of income, right? I'm not saying agree with it, I'm just saying I hope y'all still listening. So, in other words, I did see, in addition to the legal activities of organized crime, which were principally gambling and narcotics trafficking, which I saw, and yes. The organized crime syndicates had those things as the syndicates' chief source of income. So I, I saw all those things. I did see organized crime figures also engaging in nominally legitimate enterprises such as loan companies and underworld parlance, the juice racket that charge usurious rates of interest and collect from delinquent debtors, debtors through threats and violence. I saw all those things. I did see organized crime syndicates also engaged in labor racketeering, which control is gained over unions' leadership, so that the unions' dues and other financial resources were used for illegal enterprises. Yes, I did see um, organized crime syndicates um, having real estate firms, dry cleaning establishments, waste disposal firms, and vending machine operations, all legally constituted businesses when operated by the syndicates were included in their activities, the elimination of competition through coercion, intimidation, and murder. I saw those things. I did see organized crime syndicates having the hijacking of trucks carrying valuable, easily disposable merchandise, which was another favorite activity within the organized crime world. Yes, I did, in organized crime, I did see their ability of organized crime to flourish in America has traditionally within the organized crime what I was in rested upon several factors. So in organized crime I witnessed the factor which was the threats, the intimidation and bodily violence including murder that the organized crime syndicates that I was forced to be a part of brought to bear to prevent victims or witnesses including its own members from informing on or testifying against their activities. I saw these things. Um, these are things I just witnessed. Um, meaning that I was there, but usually those things were done with veteran, in quotations, veteran members, those who've been in it for years. They just had me run numbers and sell drugs, primarily. Um, And they would have me shoot dice. Um, Those are the three things they would have me do. I was considered a low-level criminal. They had me be a low-level criminal. Um, Plus, I was in organized crime for 6 to 12 months, so... The he- that much heavier stuff, that's what they did. 
I would see it, but that's what they did. Me, I would just make money giving people drugs and, you know, the numbers game and shooting dice. Shooting dice was a part of the numbers game thing. So that's what they would have me do. They figure, okay, you're good at giving and making numbers like come true for us. So we make money. So I wasn't big time in organized crime. I was never Al Capone, even though they used to call me the black Al Capone, like in a giggling, joking manner. And none of it is funny, by the way. They used to call me the black El Chapo. They used to call me the uh, dark-skinned, El- the brown El Chapo. The brown El Chapo. The black Al Capone. Sometimes they mixed it and called me Capone Chapo. Dub- they used to call me Double C. Capone Chapo. Sometimes it was Double C. They would call me that. Other times they would call me Capone Chapo. Um, who called me that? Uh, it was usually the mafia, the Mexican drug cartels. They used to refer to me in that way while giggling and smiling and pointing. Um, so in organized crime, I did witness jury tampering and the bribing of judges, which were their other tactics used to prevent successful government prosecutions. I did witness bribery and payoffs sometimes on a systematic and far-reaching scale, which were their senses of useful tools for for their ensuring that municipal police forces tolerated their organized crime syndicates' activities that they forced me to witness. Yes, I witnessed gangs specializing in vice and extortion. Yes, I witnessed extensive narcotics, cargo theft, and labor tax racketeering ring and labor racketeering rings. I witnessed the engaging in cargo theft at airports, vice protection, pornography. Um, you know, like just. Going to airports and um, being very discreet about their crimes. Because at the airport you could get frisked, so they had a way of hiding certain things. Like, they wouldn't bring anything that could easily get them caught, but it's like they were at the airport. But they wouldn't, like, try to go fly on a plane. It was like a place where they would meet early, but behind the planes and try to steal. How'd they pull it off? I I can't fully explain. I just remember, like, being exposed to that type of stuff. Um, they didn't do cargo theft a lot. They did it rare occasions because 
if you're at the airport all the time and you don't have a job that constantly you fly, you're usually put in prison. But they would do cargo theft like here and there. But sometimes they use airports for like meeting, criminal meeting places where people are sitting around talking in the cafeteria area, the lunch area, food area, planning on their next crime. They would do that airports the most. Um, I do remember the selling of pornography too. And seeing it. And then... I did witness fraud and armed robbery. Um, I did witness rackets and illegal gambling. And yes, the yes, it is. It's a fact that, based on what I saw, the fact that many Americans believe that most of the rackets, other types of illegal gambling, which I saw these things which provides economic base for some of the uglier forms of organized crime or not innately immoral, socially destructive, therefore deserve a certain grudging tolerance on the part of law enforcement agencies. So basically the nonchalance and the spirit of resignation, which has harmed America and the Americans, it, di- it does contribute to the prosperity and quotations in the operations, unfortunately. Um, organized crime is completely innately immoral and organized crime is completely socially destructive and there should be zero tolerance for organized crime in my view criminal organization in the United States are best viewed as shifting coalitions normally local, regional, and scope sadly and tragically I say um, so you have long term professional criminals and then you have professional criminals who are medium-term than the short-term ones. Um, so in organized crime, you know, apart from the drug trade, which I saw, the principal form of organized crime in many developing countries is the black market, which I saw, which involves criminal acts such as smuggling and corruption in the granting of licenses to import goods and to export foreign exchange. I saw all those things. Armed robbery has been particularly common because of the widespread availability of arms supplied to nationalist movements by those seeking political destabilization of their own or other countries, which I saw. And I witnessed money laundering, tax evasion, and the murders of public figures and private figures. In fact, um... I do remember um, witnessing the robberies and murders and violence against those in the world of culture, geography, health, history, human activities, mathematics, nature, philosophy, religion, society, technology, and people.
in the organized crime world, I remember criminals bragging about the murders of politicians, journalists, and businessmen. I remember the Russian mafia were the ones bragging about that. And so organized crime makes every state and country and area their criminal syndicalist states or their criminal syndicalist countries or the criminal syndicalist syndicalist um, continents too. And organized crime is dominated by a lethal mix of gangsters, corrupt official and dubious businessmen. That is true, sadly. That stuff does happen and organized crime rings continue to flourish. Um, and none of this is hee hee ha ha at all. These are all international rings and international crimes. Um, That's definitely what I remember. Um, I now want to uh, focus my attention on... um, religion briefly so as I have gotten older and even aged in body and wisdom I have been Here are the conditions needed for Christianity to make sense. Many people leave Christianity because it's extremely difficult to arrange the doctrine into a knowable and logical structure that is consistent with the way the world actually works. Here's an, ex- here's an attempt to identify the changes that would be needed for Christianity to make sense and be knowable. So, when I'm talking about is is my view that any theology any religion and any denomination that causes people to believe in delusions, illusions and hallucinations about people, things, and situations from the lens of us versus them are theologies, religions, and denominations worth discarding. 
Okay, number one, com- completely divorced from the Old Testament. This would shed the ties to a bloodthirsty, violently jealous, and petty deity that the Jews invented. Because that makes Yahweh obviously fictional based upon the misdepiction of Yahweh. Therefore, to have Jesus must renounce the entire set of existing scriptures and now to have no basis in reality. We're talking about the scriptures that paint God as this declaring international war on the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. That's what is being talked about here. He claims to be the first authentic voice of God on the planet. Um... And have him do that in the Old Testament and not wait till after the book of Malachi to do so. You know, the New Testament starting. Um, number two. God makes God's presence known beyond doubt to every person on the planet. So there's no confusion about who is running the show. This would dissolve every religion that previously existed. So now Christianity would be the only well evidence, well facts, and, and, and completely truthful religion it would be a religion that you know because you don't believe in it you would know it um number three to have god clearly state the criteria for how people would be judged and this would be based on a balance of good versus bad deeds in other words there is no Redemption based on cult-based faith, but rather on the deeds and actions of every person. So therefore, original sin wouldn't cause the need for Jesus to be crucified. Um, I think about these type of things because... I've always struggled with the atonement theology um, because it causes people to, it ca- not everybody who believes in it, but a lot of people believe in atonement theology. They tend to see themselves as God's sneaky kids trying to hide moral wrongs and excusing moral wrongs and protecting those who do moral wrongs and using forgiveness, grace, and mercy and compassion to 
continue to uphold their moral wrongs and it teaches people to I can do wrong without any earthly consequences for my earthly wrongs it's just Tama theology in terms of it being of teaching processing learning it has been abysmal in all three ways um every person number four every person survives until adulthood to the age of accountability so that their judgment can't be based on a fair set of life scenarios Again, every person survives until adulthood to the age of accountability so that their judgment can be based on a fair set of life scenarios. Also ensure that every person born has the intellectual capability to lead a normal, sane, and intelligent life. This eliminates the problem of how to judge an infant or a mentally handicapped person who dies. To me, that makes sense because people should have the freedom to fully understand what they're doing because some condi- conditions prevent that and so the the afterlife dilemma of, of certain individuals is inherently traumatic in and of itself you know another thing is when it says so there's no need for Jesus to be crucified what we're saying what is being said in that is I'd rather Jesus be crucified because of his um, social activism um, instead of being birthed into a nature of sin that no human being requests God to birth them in. Mm. Then it says... Established prohibitions on slavery, homophobia, transphobia, misogyny, racism, child endangerment, torture, mistreatment of animals. Example, get rid of the inhumane ritualistic bloodshedding of animals. Um, Racism, um, hate groups hate crimes rape culture etc not excluding horophobia hierarchy and hierarchy meaning established prohibitions on all these things, that is establish an evolved system of ethics and morals rather than waiting for them to evolve slowly over the ensuring centuries. I strongly agree to all these things because everything has to be modernized. Eliminate the one-size-fits-all aspect of heaven, announce that rewards in the afterlife will be proportional to the righteousness and goodness of each life as lived. And I really like this one. State that the most wicked people cease to exist after death. Only the good people should exist 
in my view. I would say eliminate everlasting hell for all good people who are non-Christians. I'm talking about the secularists and people of all the other religions. There's no place for eternal torture for billions of decent people. Um... And or even the temporary delivery pain to all of the billions of decent people. Who are secularists and people of all the other religions that are not Christians. Now. I wouldn't mind heaven being filled with animals and humans, rodents and together because I think that It's cool to have heaven look like Animal Planet because there's humans who appear on Animal Planet too, so I don't mind that. And I would feel like I feel like all good beings, whether humans or animals or rodents, should be resurrected. And that all bad beings, humans, animals, and rodents, should not be resurrected. Um, Seeing good people and good good animals and good rodents in the afterlife, that's cool. Um, but to have bad beings, humans, animals, and rodents in the afterlife, that's just awful. Um, That's just what I'm feeling. Those are my conditions. 
for Christianity. Um, now I want to uh, discuss sex, okay? So for me, I manage my sexual impulses extraordinarily well. I am not at all distressed by my sexual behaviors. My sexual behaviors do not hurt my relationships, do not affect my work negatively, and they do not result in negative consequences I'm not getting arrested. (laughs) I'm not getting prosecuted. I don't even try to hide my sexual behavior because I have podcast episodes to prove that. So I am naturally into having a lot of sex. (laughs) Sex does not ever feel like a chore for me and them. And I'm naturally into having sex daily. Um, to have partners that are into it, no one's getting hurt. Very few, I understand. And I'm okay with that in terms of people who are who cool with that. And it does come down to quality over quantity. I'm into sex quality over sex quantity. That's true. And I have a high desire. Therefore, I'm not disordered. I don't have compulsive sexual behavior. I don't even have sex addiction. Um, I don't make it easy for me and them to contract any infections or disease. Um, I don't have sex to avoid feeling lonely or depressed. I don't have unnecessarily risky sex and my sexual impulses are totally in control very well. Few of my partners, we just keep our honeymoon stage going where we can't stop thinking about each other. We have sex with each other every chance we get. And it's all from the standpoint of wholesomeness and wellness. And we're honest and open with each other about frequently we like to be getting it on. Uh, having sex in the regular is a part of my healthy, normal adult life. Um, hell no to sexual coercion. That's for motherfucking goddamn certain. Scheduling sex? No problem. Feeling rejected? Doesn't happen. Feeling pressured? That's not our thing. Telling each other about our desires in specific terms being highly erotic? That is a fun-sum reality for us. Yes, I created a word, fun-sum. 
and our sex varies from time to time. So our sex is good for our health. Having more full body orgasm or multiple orgasms. So In closing, that's the shit I fuck with.